We're going to continue today in this collection of talks called The Good Life We've Been In. And it's really uh, one message that I broke up into two parts. And I, I hope it's helpful to you. We talked about last week how that there's really two paths you can choose in your journey of faith. One path is what we call the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's, it's that... It's that path that goes, I'll just try my best and maybe if I do enough, God will be happy with me. And the other path is that God's already done all the work through his son, Jesus. And if I'll put my faith in him, then I can walk in relationship with him, not religion, that I can walk in knowing him, not in condemnation from him. And it's, it's completely different, different way to approach your faith. And, and so if you didn't get to see that message, I encourage you to go back and check it out. I think it'll be so helpful. Talked about the right path last week. This week, I wanna to talk to you about the right power. That if you don't have the right power, man, this, this walk with Jesus will be so frustrating and so intimidating and so overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. I said it like this. If your walk with Jesus isn't fun, you're doing something wrong. And I'm hoping to help you in this two weeks if it's not fun to figure out what you're doing wrong. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you open our hearts and minds. We wanna hear from you. So Spirit of God, speak to us. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Amen. I want to welcome all of our campuses, everybody joining us online. Come on, church family. Let's welcome our family from no matter where they are. Even up in Maine, everybody, right? All the way up in Maine. Freedom Conference coming up. We're beginning a collection of talks next week called Help Center. You don't want to miss a Sunday of that Help Center. And I actually created this series around the survey we took at Easter. So if you were here at Easter, you filled out the survey. And one of the questions was, what do you think is the greatest source of stress in people's life? And you gave us all hundreds of answers came in. And so we took those and out of that created a series. And so I, I, I don't think you'll want to miss a Sunday of it. Make, make, make the determination. I'm going to have a perfect attendance for the month of May. And uh, I'm going to be preaching in May. A friend of mine, Pastor Chad Veach from Zoe Church in Los Angeles is going to be preaching. Pastor Tammy Floyd, y'all, is coming all the way in. Going to be preaching. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss a week of the month of May. It's going to be a powerful time. Hey, y'all, we went on a trip in, uh, for spring break with the kids. And if you know, you've been around here long. Trip, it means with the children. Vacation means without. Let's get that straight. We went on a trip and uh, we were driving back from Florida. We, we had like eight hours. We, we stopped halfway, eight hours to get back from Florida and just south of Richmond. And um, if, if you're not from the Virginia area, then Richmond is an hour south of us. We had about an hour to get home and uh, my car starts acting crazy, y'all. Um, it, it's fairly new. It's only 70, like 72, 7,800 miles on the car. And it's, so I didn't expect this to happen, but we're driving up just south of Richmond, got about an hour to get home. And my engine starts making the funniest noise. I don't know anything about cars, but I can describe noises to you. I won't embarrass myself today. It starts making a noise though. And I promise you, I thought that if I got below 20 miles an hour, that the engine was going to shut off because it was like shimmying and shaking and, and all these things on the screen were going off rear axle, not working. Um, shut off this. Like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just praying, dear Jesus, help me to get to my garage. I mean, you know, like, that's just my prayer. I've been in this car for two days. Dear God, if you love me at all, if we have any relationship at all, please let me get to my car. And then we hit traffic north of Richmond on 95, which God bless you, 95. 
Um, and so I'm trying to like keep enough distance because I, I promise you, I thought like if this thing idles down too low, we're going to be stuck on the side of the road. I got four kids in the back. I don't, I just want to get home, everybody. That's all I wanted. And I was thinking about this and I think this is a picture of some of our journey of faith. That we're going along and some parts of the trip, it's like everything's smooth sailing. Like we feel like it's good with God. We feel like we're winning in our faith. And then there's some parts of the journey where it's like the engine is shimmying and shaking and we're like, all right, God, please just let me get to heaven. Like, please just let me in. Like if I got to squeak in under the gate, just let me cry. Anybody with me? Like you feel like some days you're winning and some days it's not. And there's like this conflict inside. And Paul talks about this in the Bible. And I want to show you this today. I really want to teach you. This is a concept that radically transformed, really revolutionized my walk with Jesus and helped me really understand how this faith journey is supposed to be. And so I want you to hang tight with me. I'm going to teach a little bit. I got a lot of scripture to show you. It'll be on the screen. If you're new to LifePoint, I'll try my best to walk it through and keep it engaging for you. But you do your best to stay engaged with me. All right, you with me? You can do a little better than that. Okay, great. There we go. So let's go to the Bible, Galatians. This is where we were last time. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He's a guy that wrote over half the New Testament. He's writing to a church that he helped plant. So he would plant a church, he'd move on, then he'd write letters back and kind of give them some instructions. And this is one that he wrote to the church there. And so this is what he says to them. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Everybody shout freedom. Freedom. Hey, good. You shout it like it was a positive thing. I'm proud of you. Not so much in the first. Um, stand firm. Don't tell him I said that. Stand firm then and do not, watch this, let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, some of you are like, this took a weird turn, Pastor. Christ will be of no value to you at all. You're like, what in the world does that mean right there? Let me break it down for you, all right? So Paul had come and he had preached the gospel. We talked about that. I told you that's why this is really one message. We talked about it last week. If you missed it, don't feel bad. Just go watch it. We talk, Paul came and he preached the gospel that it's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus your best effort. It's not Jesus plus turn over a new leaf. It's not Jesus plus your tithing. It's not Jesus plus your dream team service. All that is great, but your salvation is Jesus alone. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. The church didn't do anything. Jesus himself did everything to pay for my forgiveness of sins and yours. Are y'all with me? So then... Some Jewish people who had followed the law of the Old Testament, so in the Old Testament, that's the first half of the Bible, there's all these laws you've got to follow, and you follow them to be in right standing with God. That's how you were in right standing. That's why we needed Jesus so bad, because no matter how good we are, we couldn't get in right standing with God. No matter how laws we, many laws we follow, no matter if we wore the right thing, wore our hair the right way, tattoo, don't tattoo, eat this, don't eat that, like all this kind of stuff, and one of the laws was get circumcised. Now to us, it's not a big deal. Like they do it in the hospital when the baby's born. I've had two boys. One of them I was there for, obviously Jonas was adopted. I wasn't there, but I've changed enough diapers. He went through it. Are y'all with me? So that's not a big deal to us, but to the Gentiles at this church, big deal. 
They hadn't been circumcised. So now another group was coming along and they were like, all right, Paul told you some of it, but listen, guys, if you really want to be a part of God's family, we got to have surgery Sunday. Next Sunday, surgery Sunday. I haven't even known. Only ladies came that Sunday. Like, like, no, forget it. I'm out. I'm not into this, right? But some of the people in the church were going, oh, that's right. Let's, let's add that onto it. And when they did, he said, then Christ becomes of no value at all. Because what you're saying is that what Jesus did wasn't enough. I've got to add to it. And so for them, it was circumcision, but it could be anything. Anytime you try to add to what Jesus did, anytime, if you, if you serve others because you're trying to add to what Jesus did, then it's of no value to you. If you're serving others because Jesus saved you, you're in love with him and you want to make a difference, whole different story. Are you with me? It's all about the motive. So he goes on to say, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. In other words, he says, if you want to go this path of adding to what Jesus already did, then go all the way down the path, which is a miserable life. And this is why you run into Christians that are mean-spirited and they have no fun and they don't smile. And you're like, why would I ever want to join what you're a part of? Because they've taken the path of trying to live out the whole law. And can I just tell you something? You can't do it. And you'll be miserable trying. He says, if you're going to go that route, then do the whole thing. Follow everything. Eat all the right foods. All, just go the whole way. And he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law, you've been alienated from Christ. You're, you're trying to do something to be right in standing with God instead of taking what Jesus has already done to be in right standing with God. Is this making sense? Okay, great. He says, you've fallen away from grace. And he says, for though the spirit, through the spirit, we eagerly wait by faith. It's by faith. It's going, no, I don't have to fulfill the law. I trust that Jesus did. So it's by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, there's not circumcision or uncircumcision. They don't have any value. In other words, your best effort for God has no value as it comes to your salvation. Now, does it count towards like the crowns you receive in heaven and yeah, absolutely. But for your salvation, it's of no value. No value. That's why the Bible says your best efforts like filthy rags. I won't go into what those rags were used for. But it was not clean. Are y'all following me? He says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then he goes on to say, he said, you were running a good race. In other words, part of the trip, everything was good. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you a little yeast. Here's what I found out. A little bent rod in my engine works through the whole batch of dough. You start trying to live that path in a little way, it'll work its way into your whole journey of faith. Are y'all with me so far? So he's kind of reiterating these two paths. And why did, you, why did you choose this one? Why did you burden yourself again? No, Jesus came to set you free. So why did you get burdened again? Then he jumps down in verse 13 and he says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. There's that idea again. You're, you're called to live free. But he says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. 
So, so, so don't swing the pendulum to the other extreme. Rather, serve one another humbly. Man, our culture could use a lot of that today. In love. For the entire law is filled up in this one commandment. You've, you know this, even if you're not familiar with church. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've heard that people say that. You're like, I didn't know this in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus said it. And he goes on, he says, watch this. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. This prophetically is what is happening in our culture right now. This is what you're seeing on the news every night. It's because people are being led by the flesh. And sadly, when you're led by the flesh, even people in the church are doing this to each other. You look at it across America. Are y'all with me? And so Paul says, so I say, here's a different way to live. Here's an alternative. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And he says, and when you do, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Watch this. They are in what? Everybody shout it. They're in conflict. There's a shimmying in the engine. There's the reason this thing isn't running right. There's a conflict. Paul goes, yeah, duh. There is. And he says they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. In other words, don't just do whatever you want. So that if it feels right, do it is horrible advice. Because what you may be feeling may be your flesh and your flesh will lead you to destroying other people. All right, don't aim even right now. I'll get you there in a minute. But if you are, here it is, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Be led by the Spirit. And then he, he's going to describe, here's some things that the flesh is. The acts of the flesh are obvious, he says. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Sexual immorality, any sex outside the context of the way the Bible defines marriage idolatry and witchcraft. Some of you are like, I don't have any problem with that. Whatever is central in your life that you're willing to protect is your idol. Either God is central or your sports are or your job is or whatever you will say no to everything else to say yes to that. You can have an idol in your life. And then you're like, well, maybe I don't deal with this, but let's get into these. Hatred. This is the flesh. This isn't God. Discord, that's not God. Jealousy, that's not God. God, fits of rage, that's not God. Selfish ambition, not God. Dissension, have you noticed that now he's mentioned disunity twice? So when you look at the news and you see the division in our nation, not God. It's not God. Are you following me? If it's not God, can I make it plain for you? It's the devil. It is the operation of satanic powers in the earth. It's not God. Fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And then he's like, and there's a bunch of other stuff I don't have the time to list. And the like. He's like, here's a bunch of, y'all know. That's what Paul's like, and y'all know. And so he says there's this conflict. There's this flesh that is warring against being led by the Spirit. And when, you, and when you allow the flesh to, to win, it leads to destruction. When you allow the spirit to win, it leads to freedom. Amen. And he says, there's just, even the apostle Paul, he wrote in Romans, he, he, said, um, he said this, he said, I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. 
Come on, can anybody be honest in the house of God and go, I feel you, Paul. Like, I am with you we, right here, Paul. Like, I feel that. I know I do. It's like, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I find myself doing it anyways, and I, I want to do the right thing, and then I find myself like, like I just find it. Here's what Paul is saying. There are moments that the flesh takes over. There are moments when the flesh is winning. My, my friend, Pastor Bianca Oltoff, says it like this. There are moments of flesh flashed. Come on, like somebody cuts me off and the flesh just like gives them a signal real quick. I was like, where did that come from? Like, that isn't godly. I didn't want to do that anymore. It's like flesh was like, whoa, hey, there we go. And it's like, all right, God, we got more work to do. Like, let's deal with that, right? Like, are y'all following me? Like somebody, somebody makes you mad and you just want to give them a piece of your mind and you do a little bit. And you're like, once you calm down, you're like, that was not Jesus. What happened there? I don't want to live that way. Didn't want, what is happening? Paul said, they're in conflict. You got this spirit of God. If you've accepted Christ, you get the seal of the Holy Spirit. It is the seal that says when you stand before God, it's going to be like, this is why I get to come into these, to my eternal reward. Not because I did anything, because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. So here's the deal. If you want to take the right path we talked about, you've got to have the right power. And the power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And for some of you, maybe you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Like he makes people weird. No, people are weird. The Holy Spirit is not. Are you with me? Like people are weird. Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit's not a denomination. Like you, the Holy Spirit isn't, only, if your church sign has 12 names, then that's where the Holy Spirit. Church of God in Christ of the first Sunday of the Pentecost of the Holiness Tabernacle in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. I will tell you, those are fun places to preach, though. You can preach for two hours. They don't even care. But, that, but that's not the Holy Spirit. Like, Pentecostals don't have a corner on the Holy Spirit cares. It's not a denomination. It is something every believer in Jesus needs to live the Christian life. Without it, it's impossible. And so there's this conflict. The Holy Spirit in you is going, no, be led by the Spirit. Don't give in to the flesh. And the flesh is going, no, don't listen to the Spirit. Have it your way. Do what you feel. Do what you want. Do what makes you happy. And the Holy Spirit is going, no, I want to make you holy. Because it's the best life. It's to freedom. Because the moment that I hang on to unforgiveness, it makes me feel good for a moment, but it leads to bitterness and dries up my bones in the long run, the Bible says. And now I'm in bondage. And the Spirit wants freedom. In the moment that I live with a lack of integrity, it feels good in the moment and accomplishes my purpose in the moment, but I finally constantly find myself having to look over my shoulder, remember the story I told you and the story I told you and the story, I, and now I'm in bondage to my own lack of integrity and the spirit is going, no, just be honest because it leads to freedom. You don't have to worry about what story you told who, you just live with freedom but there's a conflict. I want to show you why the engine shimmies sometime in your car. Why in your journey of faith, it's like, oh God, if I can just get to my garage. It's because you're made up of three parts. If you don't know this, 
First, you're made up of a body. I think you know that. You're made up of a body. It's, it's this flesh suit that we're in. It's the part of you that's not eternal. It, it will return to the dust. Are you with me? So you got this body. I don't, I don't know if you're happy with it or not. That's you know, up, to, up to you, but you got this body. Like here, Here's the good news. You're going to get a glorified body one day in heaven. And I don't know the measurements of it, but I just have to believe if God is good, and kind, then it's, it's going to look like the rock. Um, <laughs> and I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, any amount. I, come on, somebody. So you got a body. You're three parts, body, soul, spirit. You have a soul. I'm going to say the soul represents your mind, will, emotions. All right, your mind, will, and emotions. If you've been through our freedom groups, you, you've studied this in depth. You represent some mind, real emotions, then you have a spirit. The Bible says this, that before you accept Christ, this may sound harsh, but it's not, listen, that before you accept Christ, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Well, you're not really dead, are you? You're like, I'm not dead, I'm walking around. What is the Bible saying? I must be wrong. I'm not walking. No, you're dead. Your spirit, man, is dead. So when you accept Christ, the, the spirit of God, like, makes you come alive. That's, that's what we talk about. Like just as Christ Jesus came back from the dead, so you come alive, right? And so now you see things you didn't see before and you, you recognize things you didn't recognize before and you, and you see things you should change that you didn't see before. Are you following me? Because it makes you come alive. So, but, and so the spirit of God begins to talk to you. And the spirit of God begins to say like, do this or, or hey, let's talk about this. Let's work on that. I think we can have some growth because he'll meet you where you are, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He's going to move you from victory to victory and glory to glory. He wants to continue to grow you, right? And so because of that, the spirit will begin to speak to you. And you're like, he doesn't speak to me. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the problem is this, is that you have mind, will, and emotions that have been programmed over your entire lifetime. So if, if you came to faith later in Christ, you kind of have a little bit more of a hill to climb because your mind has been programmed in a certain way. You think a certain way. You see things a certain way. You've had certain perspectives. You've had a worldview. You have a way of viewing the world. That's all that means, a way you view the world that's informed by your parents and informed by your education and informed by your experience. And, and then you've got the enemy of your soul who's constantly attacking your mind with you're not enough, you'll never measure up, God couldn't do anything through you, what a, what a loser you are, what a failure you are, How many, that marriage didn't make it, you think you can make it again, what, and just shame and guilt. And so you got all this happening in your mind, are you following me? But God also gave you a will, so you have ability to choose. He didn't want a bunch of robots running around the earth because you don't have relationship unless you have will. So if I went to Tammy and said, we're getting married whether you like it or not. Well, that's not a relationship. It's only a relationship when she chooses me and I choose her. So God gave us a will to do that with him because he wanted relationship, not religion. He could have easily made a whole bunch of people that did everything he liked but he chose to give you a will. And then we have emotions. We feel, most of us feel things. I found out I have two feelings. I'm either really happy or I'm kind of ticked off. I was talking with a counselor one time and he goes, well, what, how does that, how do you feel about that? And I was like, well, I think it'll blah, 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 blah. He goes, I can ask you what you thought. He goes, um, he goes, 
what do you feel about that? And I was like, yeah, I got nothing for you. <laughs> he goes, do you need a feeling chart? At that point, Tammy grabbed my hand because she didn't want me to leave. It's like a feeling chart. Where are we going here? If you start talking softly and weirdly, I'm leaving. But, so, but we all have emotions. Some of us just know more about them than others. I know a whole lot about other things, so I'm good. Mind will, <laughs> mind will emotions. So here's how, here's how it plays out. This is why the engine shimmies, and this is what Paul was talking about, the conflict. So the Spirit of God, let's just take, for example, somebody offends you, and we're all going to be offended. You can't live life without being offended. You just can't. I mean, unless you hide in the hole, you can't live life without being offended. And then at some point, you'll offend yourself. So we're all going to live life with being offended. And offense is, uh, is a range, right? I mean, some offense is like, it's no laughing matter. It's painful. Someone did something to you that, that someone broke trust. Someone touched you. Someone didn't stand up for you. I mean, I'm talking about deep wound offense. Are you following me? Then there's some offense of someone posted us something I didn't like and it's like, get over it. Right? Are y'all with me? Like, let's get over it and move on. Let's be adults. And so the Spirit of God will speak to you. It'll, an impression, I'll talk more about that in a minute, but the Spirit of God will speak to you and he'll go, hey, let's, let's deal with that unforgiveness because that's, that's a product of the flesh that leads to death and we want the spirit that leads to life. And as long as you're holding that unforgiveness, you're the one in bondage, not them. And so I wanna get you free. But the problem is, is that we have mind, will, and emotions that the spirit has to filter through. Does that make sense? So the spirit is speaking, but our mind is going, they don't deserve forgiveness. Maybe if they come and talk to me, we have all these thoughts going on. Our emotions are going, oh, I can't, there's no way. If I even saw them again, I think I'd give them a piece of my mind. Like our emotions are feeling something. And then we have this will that is like, I'm not doing it. And some of us think that the spirit is gonna jump over our mind, will, and emotions, put our body in some spiritual trance. One day we'll just walk up to them and the Holy Spirit will get our voice box in our mouth and go, I forgive you for your offense to me. And then that's when forgiveness will take place. It'll be some supernatural thing. It is supernatural. The Spirit of God spoke to you. That's the supernatural. You have the part to submit your mind. I know, oh, submit. Submit your mind, will, and emotions to the will of the Spirit so then your body actually begins to live out what the Spirit of God wants you to do. Are you with me? If you're waiting till you want to, <laughs> you may never, and you'll stay in bondage. If you're waiting till you feel like it, you may never, and you'll stay in bondage. If you're waiting till you think it's the right thing to do, you may never, and you'll stay in bondage. And this is why some, some of you don't take the step because you're like, I don't think it, I don't feel it, and I don't want to, and so if I do it, I'm a hypocrite. No, if you do it, you're submitted to the Spirit. Paul said they're in conflict. 
Let me say it this way. The one you feed is the one that'll get stronger. So the more times you go, mind, will, and emotions, you're going to submit to the spirit. The more the spirit grows in you, but the more you submit to the flesh, the more the flesh gets the upper hand in your life. And that's why it feels like some parts of the journey, I'm sailing. And some parts of the journey, it's like, I don't even know if I'll make it home. And that's the conflict. You have the choice. You have the choice when the Spirit of God nudges you, when the Spirit of God says, be generous to that person, when the Spirit of God says, forgive that person, when the Spirit of God says, walk across the street, meet them, get to know them, hear their story, when the Spirit, you have the choice. God is not going to grab your legs and arms and get you out of your chair. God is not going to put your hand in your wallet and purse and make you, doesn't work that way. The Spirit will speak and he'll wait for you to move. And when you're fighting what you're, the conflict is, your mind, will, and emotions, because how they've been programmed are fighting the spirit of God and what he wants you to do. Are you with me? Yes. And so then how do I walk by the spirit, pastor? How do, how do I continue to feed the spirit? Let me give you three handlebars real quick and we'll wrap up. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number one is this, is I surrender. I know that's an exciting thought. Right? Here's what I mean by that. You have to make the predetermination that when the Spirit speaks, you're going to surrender to what He says. That even if it's a wrestle, I'm going to make the predetermination that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I'm going to do what He says. I think this is a great example of that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're about to be thrown in the fiery furnace. It's an Old Testament story in Daniel chapter 3. You have to go check it out if you haven't heard it. He says, King, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this. If you throw us in, the God we serve, he's able to deliver us. That's what I want you to see. And he'll deliver us from your hands. But even if he doesn't, that, that, that is the predetermination. Before they ever got in the fire, they determine, even if he doesn't save us, we're not going to bow anyways. We've surrendered. We've made a predetermination that we will surrender to what God wants in our life. You have to, if you want to be led by the Spirit, if you want the power to live this Christian life in a way that is fulfilling and fun, it is the good life. You have to make the predetermination that when the Spirit speaks, I'm, I'm surrendered to that. And I may not always get it right, but my posture is going to be surrender. And I may not always... Do that well, but my posture is going to be surrender. Everybody shout surrender. surrender. Number two is this, is listen. It's listen. And this may be where it gets a little weird. Like, well, pastor, if I tell people I hear God speak to me, and I've never heard God in an audible way, I'll talk to you about it in a second, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be labeled one of those wide-eyed, fanatical, crazy religious people. Like, am I going to end up walking around in the mall going, excuse me, ma'am, the spirit spoke. I don't know your name, but here's what, is that going to happen to me? Well, if you talk like that, people will run. Don't be weird. And don't tell them where you go to church. Um, <laughs> no, let me ask you this. 
Would you think it was weird if I said, I'm married to Tammy, but we never talk? That would be weird. Then how can you have a relationship with God and you never talk? Well, I pray. Well, that's you talking. When do you let him talk? It's weird if you don't hear him talk. If I didn't hear from Tammy for a few days, I'd be like, oh, I am in trouble. What did I do? If you went days without hearing the Spirit speak to you, it should be an indicator. Something's wrong. Because he's still speaking. Look what the Bible says. It says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not, somebody shout, he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will what? Say it again. He will speak and he will disclose another way of speaking. He will disclose to you what is to come. John chapter 14 says this, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper who, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? He will teach you all things. You can't teach without talking. And it will bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. The Spirit is speaking, everybody. That's not a weird thing. That's not a, like I'm a fanatical Christian thing. No, the Spirit is speaking. Can I tell you something? You want the Spirit speaking to you. Can I tell you something, business owner? You want the Spirit speaking to you when you're about to sign that contract. You want, him, you want to know, is this a good idea or is this no, not a good idea? Is this the way I should go or not the way I should go? I need the Spirit of God speaking to me, not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a dad and I'm a husband. I need to hear the voice of God in my life. And you know what else? Others need to hear the voice of God. If it wasn't for the Spirit speaking to me, I wouldn't have moved to Virginia the day I moved. And the very next day, with less than 24 hours, got a call from a group of people in Spotsylvania County needing a senior pastor to start a church. It was the Spirit speaking that moved me. Are you following me? If I hadn't listened to the Spirit, I would have missed it. The Spirit is speaking, but other people need it. Can't tell you how many times. You don't have to be weird about it. Can't how many times I've sat at a restaurant and just said, hey, I just, I just want you to know you're doing better than you think you are. And we're about to pray in a moment. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Because I just felt an impression from the Spirit, like pray for this person. I didn't start with, I was sitting here and I'm a Christian and the Spirit spoke to me and, and I don't hear, it's not audible, it's that impression, it's that still small voice. I have a, I have a favorite, favorite steak restaurant in DC and um, during the pandemic, I felt like I needed to support them as they reopen and bless them with my funds because I support bit local small business, you know. Just wanted to see people flourish in a hard time. So I went there often, y'all. And, um, and it's a great place, like the atmosphere's great. I'm, like, I'm, like a, I'm a good meal person, you know what I mean? Like I want a four hour long meal. I want to shut the restaurant down. Are y'all with me? I want to be some good friends. I want to have good conversation. I want great culinary experience and I want to shut the restaurant down. And that's what we do every time we go there. And, uh, and so I remember the first time we went, I've had all kinds of different servers there, never had this server, a guy named Tony. And just something, Spirit of God, 
Some of you say, well, something just said, I just felt like the Spirit of God just said befriend him. And so Tony, we talked to him and my, my wife really, I'm not just because she's my wife, she's the best conversationalist I know. And she can find things out about people that like, I mean, just, she'll just go there. I'm like, I can't believe you asked that. Like that's personal. <laughs> And they'll, like a moment later, they'll be sitting beside her, like crying. And when I was three, I went there and I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, how do you do this? And so we found out that Tony was divorced and we found out that Tony has a little girl and we found out that he's been in the restaurant business on restaurants like this his whole life. And, and he's not from America. And we just had this great conversation. And um, I never tell people what I do unless they just flat out ask me because they get weird. People get weird around preachers. All of a sudden they're like, oh, sorry, I said the curse word. No, I'm like, you're human, it's okay. Um, and so we went back another time. And that time I just felt like the spirit was like, let's go a step further and just like, so I said, Tony, how can I pray for you? And he gave me a prayer request. He was like, that's really nice of you, thank you. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to pray for you. So we're about to bless our meal, we'll pray for you. And so we prayed for him. And then we did like kind of a party there. It took, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 people there. And I started requesting them now. I'm like, hey, Tony, I want Tony. Finally exchanged numbers with him. So I got a guy, y'all. I'm like, I'm like, hey, Tony, coming up, can we get the good table in the back room? And, uh, and can, will you be serving us? Can we arrange that? We, 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 we connected so much. I had an event on a Sunday night with this 10 people. He doesn't work Sundays. He goes, I'll come in for you. So he came in and we're standing in this back room with all these people. And um, this is so funny. He, he goes, he goes who, are all these, who are all your friends with you? And I said, well, most all of them work with us. And he goes, what is it exactly you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. He goes, I said, Tammy and I, we, we're pastors, we pastor. He goes, no way. He goes, I never would have guessed that. He's like, I mean, you're, you're great people. He goes, you just, you don't do the collar and you're not really a stiff. You're really like kind of normal. And it's like, yeah, we're kind of normal people. And uh, he goes, wow. Like he really, he's like, wow. Like for a few minutes, he was like, wow. I was like, yeah, it's great. And, and so not long after that, it's around Christmas time. I get this long, long text from Tony and he just opens up and pours his heart out about some hurts in his life and pains in his life. And he just opened the door to be ministered to. It's not me. It's all because the spirit I was just going to eat. I was just going to hang out with my wife. I was just going to have a great meal. And my mind, will, and emotions could have said, you don't have to be on tonight. But before I'm ever a pastor, I'm a Christian. And I'm a Christian no matter where I go. And it'd been much easier for my will to be like, oh, come on. Just the still small voice of the spirit. 
calls me to take a step because number three, not only do you listen, but you gotta obey. James says, don't be just hearers, but do. Do the word. So one small little prompting, one simple, God's, the Spirit of God often isn't like prompting you, like give away your bank account to that person. Go sell your home, go, go live on the mission field. No, often he's just saying, be nice to Tony tonight. And then the next time, ask Tony if you can pray for him. And the next time, just ask Tony how his little girl is. And the next time, just, and eventually it led to Tony just opening his life so I could speak into his life. Are you following me? But it started with just a little, I'm going to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you the Christian life is impossible without the Spirit of God, because not only does it empower you to live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh, but it is the thing that empowers you to make a difference in the world around you. And so church, you want to live the good life and choose the right path. and get the right power. It'll make all the difference in the world. Do you receive the word today? Yeah. Do you receive it? Come on, every location. Hey, let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of you here today, you'd say, Pastor, I don't know that I ever hear the voice of God. And if you're really honest, you'd say, I really feel like I'm far from God. And we never wanna leave a time together without giving you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you'd be like, I felt close at one time, but man, I feel so far from him right now. I want you to know that today can be a day of brand new beginnings for you, a day of a fresh start. In just a moment, we're gonna pray together as a church. All of us, we're gonna pray out loud for the benefit of those who are saying yes to Jesus today or coming back to him. And today, if you want that fresh start, know your sins are forgiven, you got a brand new beginning then when we pray, you join along. And if you say, Pastor, that's me at every location, you say, that's me today. With no one looking around, we're not gonna embarrass you, no one's gonna pick you out of the crowd. But on three, I just want you to shoot your hand up real high if that's you, you'd say, that's me, Pastor. One, two, three, you just shoot your hand up. God bless you, God bless you. You can put them down at every campus. Thank you for your honesty. Church, let's pray this out loud together for the benefit of those praying for the first time. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who made that decision. Every location. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.